welcome back to another episode of Tips and Tricks for Lucid Dreaming. I'm Jake with my friend Ty, and today is actually pretty exciting because we're going to do, be doing an open discussion day. Yeah, um, today we're going to be doing an open discussion on Wild. It's going to be pretty cool. Hope you guys stick around for it, and um, let's get started. I first want to say I've never actually used Wild before. I always use, like, filed or dialed or like alley or one of the other methods um but i know you have so tell me about that yeah so uh what i usually do when i like like when i wake up i think four to six hours after i sleep for me it's usually like five o'clock right or if it's on like a morning where i have to get up early it's like four thirty or something mm -hmm. and then i'll just like get up walk around for a little bit maybe like do a couple multiplication problems in my head uh something to get my brain active but you want to like move around or i move around like uh uh slowly so just to make sure that i don't like waking up my muscles and stuff too much and then like around i don't know five ten minutes later after getting my mind all uh ready so i can go to bed and what i do usually um is i like stay in bed it takes sometimes takes a while sometimes it's kind of quickly but i stay in bed i don't move a muscle Get, get comfortable, you know, put my pillow in the right place and everything so I don't have to move. And then after, sometimes it can be 15, 20 minutes later after doing that, I'll start feeling weird sensations in my body. And uh, if I can get to a certain point, I'll start seeing, like, uh, objects moving or images flickering under my eyes. And that is the onset of hypnagogic imagery and sounds which is a big step in wild. And it's how you basically get from point A to point B, which is point B, the dream world. Uh, yeah, actually, in a book that I think you loaned me, I read about the hypnagogic, I yeah, think? Yeah, hypnagogic, yeah. Uh, yeah, that state. Um, and I found it really interesting the way that they described it. Like, your mind was awake, but your body was asleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was really weird. Um, I think the book was um, a field guide to lucid dreaming. Yeah, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by again, it was. Uh, I, I, we actually have it right here. Um, Dylan Tuchilio, Jared Zizel, and Thomas Peisel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a great read. You should definitely check it out if you're interested. It's uh, it's actually really good for beginners too. If you're trying to get into it, you know, it really brought me some insight. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that they specifically went into detail about um, this sort of state of mm -hmm. in-between the dream world and reality. Yeah. They described it like um, like everything is around you, and you're not actually like in the world, you're just a viewer. Yeah, so like uh, whatever you see in the dream is just a projection of your subconscious. Right. And it's not real, it's whatever you want it to be. So mm -hmm. you can like change it however you want, and it actually teaches you a lot to do that. Like you can fly, walk through walls, stuff like that, which I thought is really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um. There was a whole chapter yeah, actually dedicated yeah, yeah, to yeah. the different things that you could do in dreams. Um, and they talked about how, like, walking through walls like glass, it felt like walking through cold water. Yeah. The wood felt like sand. And that's, like, that's when I realized, like, mm. man, this is actually really cool. I, I might want to check this out. Um, I've yet to actually have them applied to my dreams. I've never right. really gotten to that part where I could do that yet. I've mostly... When I actually get lucid, I mostly just, like, cherish the fact that mm -hmm. I am without yeah. risking, you know. Because when you do stuff like that, if you haven't practiced, then there's a chance of it just turning off and you just going back to regular, mm. normal consciousness in a dream. 
Which brings up a really good point I want to add of stabilizing your dreams. Okay? Oh, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is super Ooh. important. Um, one of the main things that happened while I was like early on in the stages of lucid dreaming is that I'd realize I, would lo- I was lucid, and then my brain would start to like say, Oh, hey, you're dreaming, Pettit. It's time to wake up. Yeah. And I'm like, What? No. And then I just wake up, and I lose the whole dream. Yeah. Which was really frustrating. Um, and then... I turn to a chapter in this book about how to stabilize your dream or anchor your dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it said that it was most important to do as soon as you become lucid and anytime you feel the dream fading away from you. Yeah. And it's, um, I think the first one, like the basic one, is just spinning around in a circle. Right, right. Because it lets you get kind of like a, a grasp with the terrain that you're in. You can get more of like a 3D, you know, observation of what you're seeing. And it actually, I think it's the best one you can do. There's another one where you can kind of just tell yourself, um, you can tell the dream because, like, your subconscious does whatever you tell it to do. Uh, you can say, um, like, make the dream clearer and it will become clearer because it does whatever you want it to do. So if it's ever, like, fitting out or anything, just tell yourself, just say, make the dream c- clearer and it should should work, usually. Yeah, which, uh, this was another frustrating thing. Um, and I found this actually happened when I started keeping my dream journal. It happened a lot. Um it'd feel like I couldn't see anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. my dreams would be really, really blurry. Um, and then, when I turned to the chapter that was talking about how to, like, stabilize your dreams and make them clearer, then I could remember my dreams so much easier, and they were, like, incredibly vivid. Yeah, yeah. I was, um... Whenever you do stuff like that, like, stable, stabilization techniques, it can make it, like, ten times clearer, just like you're in real life. And, um, yeah, so... Another, like, really cool book that I thought was pretty interesting was the book Exploring the World of Lucid Dreaming by Stephen LeBurge, Ph.D., and Howard Reinold, or Reingold, I think is how you say it, you know? Yeah. And it offers, like, a really good scientific standpoint from, I think, he studied at Stanford University, and he conducted experiments and stuff, so it offers more of an in-depth scientific uh, version of compared to the first one, which is is more of, like... um like a field guide like like a field guide it's more of a personal experiences rather than hard facts right but the um, first one's still like really good for beginners i'd say oh yeah second one's more of like if you want to really get into it yeah um i actually haven't read uh exploring the world of lucid dreaming but i've heard about Stephen the bird and he's like he's a serious dude yeah like he's the best guy in the biz and, yeah that i've heard of so far mm-hmm. um but yeah I've, from what you've told me, it sounds like a really, really good book. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of actual, like, hard science involved on, like, what lucid dreaming actually does to your body and, like, some more theoretical things like metaphysics and how to impact the world around you by yeah. just dreaming. Yeah. It, um, there's a couple cool things in it that, like, in the first book, it, they don't show a ton of, like, like in the field to lucid dreaming, a field guide to lucid dreaming. It doesn't show a ton of techniques, but it also shows kind of the um, simplest techniques that like are really good for beginners and intermediate lucid dreamers. But the Exploring the World of Lucid Dreaming book has so many different uh, techniques that are better for different people. It's more personalized, like yeah. count, counting induced lucid dreaming. And um, I think there's one, it's, um, it's called dream lotus and flame technique which is a really kind of cool exotic technique it sounds cool it is really cool i've tried it it's a lot of them are modeled off of wild 
so they're just kind of you know if if you're better at certain things and other ones might be better for you rather than just straight gold wild right which is by itself a pretty difficult technique i'd say it's harder it's one it's well it's one of the hardest most popular known ones that is out there yeah yeah lotus and flame technique interesting it's it's cool it's cool i'm gonna have to check that out um i do want to mention though um this is like the most common way that people who are just finding out about lucid dreaming actually become lucid um it's called dialed which is oh yeah it's um dream it's dream induced lucid dreaming dreaming. and it's accidentally finding that finding out that you're lucid just like out of nowhere thinking huh i wonder if i'm in a dream yeah or seeing something that might make you realize that you're in a dream i think like nine the 90 percent most popular way of getting into a lucid dream it's like let's say it was questioning the fact that you're in a dream so Mm -hmm. to like like practice dialed um just throughout the day just ask yourself if you're lucid dreaming which will increase the chances of you actually asking that in a dream because the brain's a muscle so however much you practice will impact how much it happens in your dream right and um it's like doing these reality checks all day and then you'll do it while you're in a dream and then you'll realize you actually are in a dream yeah which the book exploring the world of lucid dreaming the more scientific book it actually has a list of reality checks that you can do every day yeah like um every time you handle money or every time you check the time which is the one that i do every day mm-hmm. um yeah i i'd say that uh, for the two books exploring the world of lucid dreaming and a field guide to lucid dreaming they offer two different standpoints the first one offers a lot of like uh stories about certain people which i really like reading about like how they did it so i can have more of a personalized i don't know like view of how it works i can practice what they've shown in the book and in this one it shows a ton of experiments which is really cool there's one called like there's a light induced one where like the people in the experiment were wearing like these goggles i think or something or a mask that shines lights in your REM cycle and in your dream you would see lights and they were practicing dialed for that, so whenever they saw light in the waking world, they'd do a reality check. So, so when they saw it in the dream, they do a reality check too, which is really cool. Yeah, um, I want to mention really quickly uh, in the first book, A Field Guide to Lucid Dreaming. Um, we already kind of talked about this, but I found the word that they used for uh, the an object that lets you know, hey, you're in a dream, which is totem. Yeah, it's a toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which might make uh, more sense or become clearer to you if you've ever seen the movie Inception. Yeah, which was really good. If you haven't seen it, I, I wish they made a second it. one. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, that would have been really awesome. Cause it, it left us on a cliffhanger. Yeah, I know. Was he actually in the dream? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, getting off topic here. Um, a totem is a small item that is personal to you that you can keep in your pocket on a keychain or somewhere you'll see it throughout the day. Whenever you see it or feel it somewhere in your pocket, perform a reality check, and this will help create a habit of determining if, like, you're in a dream or not. Yeah. Um, and like I told you, mine is my watch. Yeah. Um, and these totems, they've helped so much. Because then, as soon as I, like, check the time throughout the day, then... Perform a reality check, right? Perform a reality Counting check, fingers, right. Putting your finger through your hand. I mean. um, and then I'll find myself checking the time in a dream... And then I'll look at my watch, and the day just won't move. And it won't yeah. tell me the time, and then I'll perform a reality check, and then 
I mean, I'm in a dream. See, there's something strange about wild compared to all other all other techniques, like uh, mild, filed, dialed, all those. Wild, when you pr actually like successfully perform a wild technique, it is so much more vivid than any of the other dreams. It's like exactly like the waking world. Right. Because I've been in one, and it's like so serene and uh, realistic that sometimes like I would lose um, control of like the fact that I was in a dream, so I just go back to a normal dream because it was so realistic, I couldn't even tell if it was a dream or not, which would make me question the fact if I was in a dream. Yeah. In, um, yeah. I've actually, I read about um, one of the dangers, actually, of going into the hypnagogic? Hi yeah, yeah, hypnagogic yeah, state. Yeah, hypnagogic state, um, which is uh, sleep paralysis demons. Yeah, that are yeah. So yeah. every night before you go to bed, you always go into sleep paralysis. Except none of us know it because we're like mm. in a different state. We're not even close to being aware, being able to be aware of it because we're so like focused on trying to fall asleep. Right. But in wild, a lot of times you are in sleep paralysis. So before, when you're concentrating, you're convincing your body that, or you're convincing your brain that your body's asleep while your mind is still awake. So you're observing yourself while you're in sleep paralysis, and for some people it can be scary, but if you really just calm yourself down, breathe in and out during it, it can pass over in three minutes and you'll be in a dream. Yeah, like, um, always reminding yourself that it is just this hallucinogenic yeah. image that you're creating yourself, um, even though it might look really, like, vivid and realistic that it's all in your mind, um, that'll really help. And um, I think we could actually probably dedicate a whole episode to this, yeah. but um, facing your inner demons in your yeah. dreams. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's super interesting, and it can help you a lot, both mentally and physically. Yeah, and a cool, like, like for me and for a lot of people, they seek out sleep paralysis because it's one foot in the waking world, one foot in the dream world, so it's really easy to pass over. But... Um, uh, it's a really good way to cultivate your dream, uh, and cultivate getting in, in over to the dream world. So a lot of people seek that out. Right. Um, it can also like help you to learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Like you can, um, let's just say that you become lucid. Mm -hmm. Um, well, there's always in my dreams, at least there's always other people and you can ask these people like, questions about yourself like things that you want to know um, what's my worst fear what's my favorite color or you know all that sort of stuff and i think that's actually it this was pretty fun i think we're probably going to do more open discussions in the future yeah because yeah. they're beefier than just the quick one uh one on one off episodes yeah um but that'll about do it. So um, thank you so much for tuning in this time. Uh, we hope to put out an episode probably every weekend. Yeah, if we can. If we can. Um, we're all both busy, really, uh, with school and all that. But mm -hmm. um, thanks so much, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Yeah, see you guys.